Hello, my praying people. I promised you that I would finish up this part three of our people who are, what is it? Parenting people who are deconstructing their faith. And I just watched my time. And because I had gone so long, I saw that I didn't have much time left. And so I'm going to finish this episode up and go ahead and give you uh, the, the rest of what we had been talking about. So we were talking about how God will meet us in the hard place and how the best place to grieve um, what's going on with our kids is not with our kids. The best place to do the grieving is in the privacy of our spiritual bedroom. Because when we are just with the Lord, it moves us out of the line of fire. And it allows our, our sons and daughters to keep their deconstruction between them and God rather than between them and God and us. In fact, in John Marriott's book, remember I was telling you about the anatomy of deconversion? The one relationship that gets wrecked the most for kids that are deconverting from their faith is their relationship with their mothers. And... Um, when he started talking about that, I was like, well, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> you know. And I cannot tell you how difficult the last several years of my life have been with my kids. And as just, I've either walked on eggshells or I've tried really hard to maintain relationship with them. But because we've always been such an honest family, it's been really hard to stay away from this extremely significant subject. And then I have to confess that my own need to fix it has jumped into the way too instead of just leaving room for God to work but um, many times my kids have known that they're breaking my heart and that it's bothering me greatly and it makes them mad I'm sure it does impact them some because they love me and they hate that it's happening but it hasn't stopped them you know I, I, I think that what's so beautiful about our relationship with God is there's some kind of mystery in how we come to him but he woos us to himself and we have this marvelous miracle going on of God coming to us and us coming to him and then it, it coming together and I have to believe that that miracle moment or that miracle process is continuing and will happen for my children as well so the best reason to do your grieving in the privacy of your spiritual bedroom is because it moves you out of the line of fire and keeps their deconstruction between them and God um, rather than them and God and you and you and God and them and that's just too many their relationship with God needs to be intensely personal and it needs to be theirs and so what they had that they're deconverting from was probably a relationship with God that really mirrored yours. They were just living in the societal structure of your family and you took them to church so they were kids that went to church and they on their own really enjoyed parts of it but at the same time they might have been entertaining other things that you might not have been privy to even and um, while you just might have assumed that they would um, carry on with their Christian walk once they got to be adults um, you know they're not doing that and and I guess I'm saying that's between them and God not with them and you and so it's best to stay out of it and I wrote here in fact if your son or daughter is deconstructing their faith they had a deconstructible faith and I don't know about you but I want my kids to have an indestructible faith and I'm going to trust God to get them there
because it's God who will get them there. I'm also going to remember that the path to an indestructible faith is really straight. My own faith journey has taken me to places that are, you know what, I think I'm repeating some of the things I've said before that are indestructible. Maybe you needed that for a review, so I'm going to pick up right here and say that the terrible reality is that you are way more eager to have a relationship with your adult child than they are to have a relationship with you. Did you catch that? You're way more eager to have a relationship with them than they are with you. I think that stinks, personally. But when you're distraught and undone, when you're angry and distant and worried and in despair, it's way easier for them to be too busy to call you and too preoccupied to spend time with you. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> and the way I see it is that if I take all my angst to the Lord, and maybe you have a spouse that you can share in this with, like they're grieving too, they are handling it like you're handling it, they have a relationship with the Lord that's strong, then maybe the two of you can find some solace in sharing your heart for that because you both have a very similar heart toward your children. And if the both of you can take it to the Lord, it's all that much more powerful because you do have spiritual authority as parents, even though your kids are adults. I think you still have great power in the spiritual realm when you pray, especially when you can pray together in oneness. But I think it's best to take your angst to the Lord, share it with your spouse if you can, and just uh, let your grief be processed there. So when I whine, I complain, I cry, I pitch my fit, and then I remember that God's the one who made them. They were His idea. I was faithful with them to the best of my ability. His desire is the same as mine, for them to have a deeply personal, intimate relationship with Him. And when I think of all of these things, I cling to the promises that He's given me regarding them. Promises to watch over them and not to harm them, to do them good and to bring them back in due time. And I carry on. I carry on with the work that He's given me to do. I steward this pain by talking about it instead of hiding it under a pile of shame. That's why I'm doing these podcasts now. And I keep myself open and available to others who are in the same um, kind of place as me. That's I hope that you'll share this podcast with other people that you know are dealing with children that are deconstructing their faith. And my friends, I really try hard not to be jealous and or angry with the people whose kids are loving Jesus and serving the church. <laughs> Seriously, I love it. I love these kids that grow up. I really do. And in so many ways, I um, consider it an awesome privilege to get to have mentoring relationships with other people that are my children's ages that are loving the Lord and serving the church and God's been so faithful to Tom and me by sending many of these our way and um, but in regard to other people like my age whose kids are doing really good I, I try real hard not to be um, not to be jealous of them or not to be not to compare 
and say, Daggum, you know, they must have done a better job than I did. Because truth is, somebody asked me one day, what would you do different? And there are several things I would do different. And y'all are probably not the audience to tell that to. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you're where I am. You've already done what you've done. I'll do a different podcast and share what I would have done different. But um, I laughed and told Tom, my husband, that, you know, when people say, what would you do different? If my kids had turned out great, I mean, you know, if they were going to seminary or they were attending church every Sunday and leading in the youth ministry or preschool ministry or whatever, and or if they were just going to church, you know, it, I would have been like, look at us. We did great. Like, and I would have thought of all the good things we did that made our kids turn out just right. <laughs> I said, so the only reason I would even look back and consider doing difference because they didn't turn out quite the way I thought they would. So what would I have done differently? And then I have to say, but at the time, I didn't, I didn't know. I was doing the best I knew how to do. So, you know what? There's mercy and there's grace and there's amazing. And that's why I love prayer. Because I think that my prayers today can make a difference no matter what I did or didn't do yesterday. And my children would tell you that everything was great, that we did just perfect, that they are just choosing this. And that is the truth. That's what they're doing. They're choosing. So, um, anyway, I try really hard not to not to be occupied by those things and if I can do all that if I can carry on with the work God's given me to do if I can steward the pain by talking about it instead of hiding it under a pile of shame and if I can keep myself open and available to others who are in the same kind of place as me and if I try really hard not to be jealous of other people if I do all this then I'm free to simply love my kids and what I've thought about lately what I've thought about how to just love them I thought about how I loved them when they were toddlers, you know? When they're toddlers and they're preschoolers, you're not expecting them to to embrace the faith. <laughs> you're just expecting them to stay down for their nap, you know? <laughs> and um, you expect them not to bite their friends. And so as long as my kids are not biting their friends <laughs> and, they're not, and, they're, and they're napping good, then I'm just going to love them. I'm just going to love them. I, I'm going to do my best to stay in connection with them, and I'm going to try really hard to remove any expectations and fear that I have regarding them. This is where we trust God and let them go. We just enjoy the person that they are, enjoy the things they are interested in. I mean, not the, you know, not the weird things like the crystals and the spells and all that. But the good things, like the cooking and the, and the music and the art, you know, whatever that is. We can enjoy, we can find things that we can enjoy with them. We can ask God to give us grace on top of grace. To navigate their attempts to finagle us into a situation where we have to compromise our faith. And we can lovingly stay put where the boundaries are. And my friends, you never go wrong loving your children generously. It's not your job to convert them as much as you would like to. It's not even your job to parent them any, anymore. I mean, you are still their parent, but it's not on you. Like, whether they, um, whether they break the law or not, that's not your job to have to worry about. That's theirs to live with. Um, whether they are unhealthy or healthy, 
it's not on you. They're going to have to live with the consequences of that. That's a, that's what it means to be an individual. We all are that. And so you kind of let yourself off the hook that you don't have to do that anymore. Um, it's not fair for them to try to force you into a place where you deny your faith. Um, if It's not your job to convert them, but it's also not right for them to try to force you or, or for them to vent about what's so wrong with your faith. I, I think that we all ought to be wise enough to be able to defend our faith and um, go searching if they're starting to bring up questions. I think I shared in one of these episodes how my daughter said, well, it was at the council of da-da-da-da that... that they decided to do da 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 da. Well, I looked it up and it wasn't that council at all, you know. And so you can do that kind of thing if you have to. But they will, your kids will respect your boundaries. And when you get rid of your fear and you replace it with a confident hope that God will bring a change that you are willing to live without. then you're going to make a bigger impact on your child than anything driven by fear and frustration and pain and sorrow could ever do. Let me let me say that again. Your kids are going to respect your boundaries when you get rid of your fear and replace it with confident hope that God will bring a change you are willing to live without. That's it, my friend. The best way to approach parenting people who are deconstructing their faith is to have confident hope that God will bring about a change that you are willing to live without. Replace your fear and your angst with confident hope that God will bring a change you're willing to live without. Lord, am I willing to live without the change that I'm longing to see? I am. I am because I have confident hope that that change will come. And my friends, that hope is not anchored only in my mother heart, even though it is anchored there. What other kind of heart am I supposed to have for my kids? But it's also anchored in the Word of God. And this is where I love God's Word. And um, I have scripture. I think I've mentioned to y'all before that I use post-it note warfare. I have scripture on post-it notes that are hanging all over my kitchen. And I keep them there so that I will read these verses often while I'm going about. And let me read a few of them for you. And I will list these also in a blog post to follow up this podcast but um, here's one Isaiah 61 verse 3 give me beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair oh Lord give us beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair Isaiah 61 3 how about this one? My eyes will watch over them for their good, and I will bring them back to this land. I will bring them, I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them 
and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Jeremiah 24, 6 and 7. You want to hear it again? My eyes will watch over them for their good, and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart. Jeremiah 24, 6 and 7. And then here's the last one I'll read to you. This is what the Lord says. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears for your work will be rewarded, declares the Lord. They will return from the land of the enemy. So there is hope for your future, declares the Lord. Your children will return to their own land. And that's Jeremiah 31, 16 and through 17. So my friends, I'm telling you that we can replace our fear and our angst with confident hope that God will bring a change that we are actually willing to live without because we know it's coming. There's no stopping the change that God will bring. He's given us His Word. Now my advice to you about the Word of God is to stay in the Word. Stay in the Word on a daily basis. Let the Word get into you so that then God will be able to do what He did for me while I was reading this book. <laughs> You remember at the beginning of this uh, part three, when my time almost ran out on the A part, I shared with you that I was reading a book on Kindle called The Anatomy of Deconstruction. And um, while I was reading it, I, I looked up at the clock to see what time it was because we were getting ready to um, go to the airport from a trip that we took after Christmas. And we're just kind of just hanging around waiting for it to be time to go. And I looked up at the clock and it was 4.44. Well, uh, several years ago, we had a pastor on staff that said that he would always wake up at 3.33 a.m. And when he woke up at 3.33, he always thought of Jeremiah 33.3. Well, Jeremiah 33.3 says, um, You will call and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things that you do not know. And so, Pastor Eric would say, I would wake up and I would think about that. So, I would say to the Lord, Lord, tell me the great and mighty things that I do not know. And he would just spend that time praying, which I thought was really cool. So, when I looked at the clock that day while I was reading this anatomy of deconversion, and, you know, it's heavy stuff. It's talking about these people that have deconverted their faith. They never plan to go back ever. And um, it was so describing my kids and I thought this is depressing even though this guy is trying to help us it's very depressing to me but I looked up it was 444 and so I thought well I wonder if I could find me a verse that has the 444 in it and so I started just poking around looking well I found Isaiah 44 verse 4 and I'm going to read that to you Isaiah 44 verse 4 says they will spring up like grass in a meadow like poplar trees by flowing streams and I recognize that verse right off because here's the deal. And this is why I'm telling you being in the Word on a regular basis pays off. I recognize that verse because several years ago I had been praying for my children. And, um, you know, just normal reading through the Bible and praying. 
And I came across Isaiah 44, 1 through like um, 5. And so let me read you the whole passage of Scripture. And listen, because you're going to hear distinctly three different names that are all talking about Israel, but he's calling them by three different names. And I happen to have three different children. I'm just explaining to you how God encourages my heart and how he speaks to me in his word. And so here's what it says. But now listen, Jacob, my servant. That's name number one, Jacob, my servant. Israel, whom I have chosen. That's name number two. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. That's using the same name again. Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. That's the third name. So Jacob, Israel, and Jeshurun. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Yes! <laughs> These are my children, my three. He called three names. He's talking about what he's going to do. He's pour his spirit on my offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Isaiah 44, 4, the verse that God took me to the other day. Some will say, okay, and listen, this is the promise. Tom and I have always prayed three for three for our kids. Everything we've ever done in a life, all we've ever known. All we've ever wanted, deep down, if you asked him or me, you put a gun to our head, not that you'd have to do that, that's kind of dramatic, but if you were to say, what do y'all really want out of life? Tom and I have had the privilege of growing a church from eight to well over 2,000 that's going to be solid and going on in the kingdom until Jesus returns, going to keep on baptizing people and lead them in the ministry and do it, making a difference in our community. We've been blessed to be able to do that. I have written... 18, I think 19 books and have them published, some by major publishers and blessed by having a ministry that has carried me literally all over the world. We have had the privilege of doing so many things. But the one thing, the one thing, if you squeeze us tight and say, what do you want more than anything, is to have three for three. God bless us with three beautiful, amazing incredible kids and all we've ever wanted is for all three of them to wholeheartedly embrace faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and to have an intimate relationship with him and to live to the glory of God to fulfill the good work that he planned beforehand for them to do that's all we've ever wanted and so now I'm going to read to you verse 5 and listen and see if you don't hear him talk specifically about three different three distinctly different ways people will receive him so first of all he says some will say i belong to the lord number one number two others will call themselves by the name of jacob and then number three still others will write on their hand the lord's and will take the name israel and several years back my friends the lord gave me that passage of scripture isaiah 44 1 through 5 to tell me that i am giving you my word that you're going to have three for three and um, the other day, when I was reading this book about deconstructing, in the middle of this podcast series of sharing with you this very painful journey that you and I are both in, or if you're not in it, just share it with whoever you know who is, because kids are deconstructing left and right, and I know there are parents like us that are being left in the wake. And here I am reading it, I'm trying to order my thoughts, I'm trying to get ready for this podcast, and the Lord takes me to Isaiah 44.4. And he reminds me that we're going to have three for three. Isn't he good like that? You see, this is why. This is why that I can replace my fear and my angst with confident hope that God will bring the change 
that I am longing for, but that I'm also willing to live without. And in my willingness to live without it, I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to clean up my tears and I'm going to dance instead of dragging about. And I'm going to encourage others and we're going to laugh and we're going to enjoy life. <laughs> and we're going to see the goodness of the Lord while we're in the land of the living. God's good. He's good in this. And He will show us the way. I'm sure this isn't all I've got to say about it, but it's all I've got to say right now. So I think this wraps up pretty well our uh, three-part series, the last part having to be part A and part B, on parenting people that are deconstructing their faith. I will be blogging, so please go over to leannemccoy.com. That's L-E-I-G-H-A-N-N-M-C-C-O-Y.com. Go over to that part of my website and look for the blogs that I'm going to write where I'm going to give you links to some of these people that I've quoted, these verses that I've quoted, and, and that kind of thing. And then also, I want to mention again uh, a book, two books really, I think that you'll enjoy. One is the one I spoke about in um, the podcast prior to this one, A Woman's Guide to Hearing God's Voice. Uh, it's just a great book that carries you through the season of life when you feel like your prayers aren't being heard or something's going on in life that is breaking your heart. A uh, Woman's Guide to Hearing God's Voice is a great um, book for you to read during that season. And then I also have a book called Spiritual Warfare for Your Family. And in Spiritual Warfare for Your Family, you're going to learn how to pray um, with with great ability to have victory and success on the spiritual battlefield. So Spiritual Warfare for Your Family will tell you all about how to pray uh, for victories as a parent. It's really written for parents in regards to their children. And then the one other resource I want to mention to you is the study that I did. It's an online course. It's a lot of fun. It's interactive. It's got some video in it. And I did this video with my dear friend Jennifer Kennedy Dean. Jennifer Kennedy Dean has gone on to her heavenly home and I know that she's so excited to be reconnected with her husband who uh, left this earth several years before she did and she certainly stewarded that pain very well and continued in a powerful ministry. But Jennifer Kennedy Dean uh, came over to my home and we filmed uh, an online course for her study called, uh, uh, what's it called? Praying for the Lost. And it is such rich teaching on how to pray for the lost. And she relates our, and, and that's how we have to pray for our children. They're, they're lost right now. And she's talking about praying for those that are blind, that their eyes will be open. She does an excellent job of it. And you'll enjoy the interaction between she and me. And you'll get to see a peek into my home, albeit prior to a remodel that I had this year. So maybe if y'all are really lucky, I'll do another online study and film it in my home. You can see my remodel. <laughs> anyway, not that you're that interested in that, but I got to quit. Woo! I just, um, I, I love you guys. Uh, I really do. And I, I care. I know that... Um, I know what it feels like. I'm in the trenches right here with you. I'm not some kind of super, super spiritual hero that has figured out how to float through life without any heart, heartache. But I am a woman of prayer 
who trusts that God hears and answers us when we pray. And no matter what comes our way, we are going to have victory in it. We stake our claim, and we will not be defeated. And I totally believe that. And um, I want to encourage you to share, especially share this series of podcasts with anybody you know whose hearts are breaking because their kids' faith is deconstructing. And um, I want to wrap this up by praying for those kids, those kids of ours. Father, thank you so very much for being faithful to, to do what I asked you to do at the beginning of the podcast, um, not just now, but the one prior to this, because I, be real honest in my prayer, I, you know that I found, I recorded one right after the other. Lord, thank you for um, taking what was in my head and my heart and, and using the words of my mouth to put it out there. God, I'm praying that you would do the supernatural work of taking these words and getting it to the right people, to the moms especially, to the dads too, but to the moms whose hearts are breaking over the deconstruction of the faith of their children. And Lord, I think about these babies that were dedicated to you. I think about these mamas who had these babies that are holding them in their arms and who are lovingly just giving them back to you and trusting you with them. And Lord, I pray for each one of them I pray that um, the good that was poured into them as preschoolers and children, the truth that has been taught to them will continue to, um, to make itself known and heard inside of their minds and their hearts. Father, I pray that no matter what schemes the enemy is using against them, those things will vaporize and they will vanish like dust and that all of the strongholds seemingly that the enemy has in the hearts and the minds of our children will literally be used to bring them back to such a rock-solid faith that they each are forces to be reckoned with as they go out to advance the kingdom into the very worlds that they are being um, a part of right now. Father, I'm asking for messengers with bold faith to bump up next to them. Let them move next door. Let them be across the street. Let them uh, befriend them at the at the supermarkets or, or on the trails or wherever it is that they are in the parks. Father, I ask that um, wherever our children go, they will bump into people who love you and who are excited about their life in you and who have so much peace and so much joy and so much enthusiasm that it is extremely attractive to our children. Lord, I'm inviting you to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes, to bring our children back to Jesus. And God, let us as parents have the wisdom to see if whatever it takes is something seemingly bad. Lord, remind us that it is for the better good. And God, we know that in your tender mercy, whatever it takes might very well be something sweet and wonderful. And so, Lord, if that is it, let us see that as well. Father, I also pray for these moms and these dads to be able to love their children out of the confident hope that you are going to bring about the change that you have promised. And we're also going to uh, have that hope just hooked arm in arm with a willingness to walk with you, 
to enjoy you, to share you, to be on mission with you, even in the midst of what we're wanting not happening. And Lord, we can do that because we know that we can trust you. We can bank on you. We can um, rest in your perfect wisdom and your perfect love. You are so powerful, more powerful than any of these other gods. Lord, we invite you to demonstrate your glory in our lives, in the lives of our children, and Lord, to advance the kingdom so that others will understand who you are and how great your love is for them. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you that you have chosen us to walk this particular journey and that you have given us fellowship with one another. Be glorified in our lives. We yield ourselves to you. We invite you to use us in whatever way that you see fit to bring about the redemption and the beautiful salvation of our children. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I look forward to being um, with you next time. I'm not sure right now what I'm going to talk about, but I'm sure it'll be something good. (laughs) We'll work on getting some more um, guests on our podcast as well. So anyway, please do share these uh, four podcasts with friends you know who may be dealing with um, children that are deconstructing their faith. Take care, my praying people.